Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Nah. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Welcome, everybody. It's your weekly episode here of the Kang Gang Radio Show. It's your boy, DC Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. On the flip side of the mic is my man, Bird. Bird, what's good? What's good? What's happening, Cole? How are you today? Man, listen, I'm blessed, man. It's Friday morning. We got that 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock lunch hour. We're going to get people jacked up, talking about some University of Miami stuff, talking about some NFL Super Bowl stuff. Um, bro, it's good. Weekend's coming up. Nothing much to do, but uh, yeah, man, I'm stoked for the weekend. What about you? You good for the weekend? Feeling good, man. I'm ready, as always. Well, listen, man, I know we want to jump this show off real quick, and uh, joining us right now, Bird, is a very, very special guest uh, to the show. Um, a good, good friend of mine, just one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet in your life. And I'm not just saying that because he's a former alumni at the University of Miami, but he is just a genuine dude. So I'd like to welcome to the Kang Gang Show, none other than number 34, Mr. Jared Payton. JP, what's good, brother? JP! What's, what's going on, DC? Hey, bird. What up, baby? <laughs> hey, I'm the bird, but I wish I could do that sound effect, man. I, I don't even know if I want to try on here, man, because I'm going to butcher it. Don't gonna, do gonna, it. Don't do it. We're going to have to record JP doing that, man. That's going to have to be my sound effect, man, and we're just going to have to drop that. <laughs> Random points in the show, man. That's what's up. Oh, my hey, word. Hey, now listen, listen. I got a question. I know normally you guys are going to jump off and ask me questions, but I'm in the business here in Chicago, so I got to ask both of you guys, man. First and foremost, congratulations on having this platform. Like, how amazing is it to, you know, to be the only – Kane's national radio show like in the, in the country that is amazing in itself now my second question is how did you make this happen man that's what's up right you gotta <laughs> tell me Kane's fam how did you make this happen because this is unbelievable I'm over here with my jaw dropped to the floor just like trying to <laughs> figure out how I can get me a radio show <laughs> so so JP let me break it down to you first and foremost you know me, man. I am a diehard University of Miami fan, right? Like, you and I go back, you know, 1999, 2000, when you first step foot onto that, that green tree, right? Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it, you know, God works in mysterious ways, right? You know, we had – I was talking to a buddy about potentially doing a couple podcasts here and there. And uh, long story short, he kind of bailed on me, and he was given an opportunity um, – to do a radio show and I guess something's happened and it fell through and next thing you know the producer hit me up and said hey Cole man would you be willing to uh take the reins and I'm like bro like if I can verbalize anything and I can verbalize stuff with University of Miami I am all for it and to be able to be on a national platform like Sirius XM here on Slam Radio Channel 145 um it's just a blessing man it's uh it's definitely a blessing and 
you know, we've been doing this for probably a couple months now, and uh, we just see sky's the limit, man. We just created our first, uh, you know, we have a web page, we got a domain name, you know, we uh, uh, pushing out merch, like we're making necklaces, like you name it, man. We're trying to get this can gang, you know, going full bore. Gang gang. That's awesome, man. I mean, honestly, it doesn't surprise me one bit when I think about you, bro. Um, that's one of the things that I always uh, saw from that time I stepped onto campus in 99 and stepped into the OB was um, you could see your passion for Miami football and you could see your passion by, you know, just watching you in the stands, but also as well, just the interactions, man. We, we, we had a lot of interactions and, you know, for my situation was a little bit different when I came in, um, you know, with my dad being sick and my last name and stuff like that. It was, you know, it was always kind of hard to, to always kind of maybe, you know, be able to step back every once in a while. But, you know, after the game, man, I would see you in the tunnel. We would chat and talk, man, or my mom would be there. You know what I'm saying? And I actually talked to, I talked to her today. She's in, she's in Arizona. And I got up early and talked to her and I was like, yeah, and guess who I'm going on with? She said, for real, tell him I said hello. So Connie says hello, man. That's what's up, man. You know, and it's funny you mentioned that the OB, man, because, you know, again, we've had some we've had some some guests on. I've had Santana on. I had T Good on the show. Um, you know, listen, man, I love the old school cats, man. There's nothing like you guys, the way that you guys embraced the fans back then. You know, you talk about that tunnel, man, you know, and there was nothing like kind of getting into that tunnel. You know, we knew the security guard. He would kind of, you know, we weren't one of the ones that used to hang out around the fence, man. We used to kind of get that little side, you know, entrance, you know, into the tunnel, man. And it was it was always a blessing to be able to see people and chalk it up and talk and, you know, just be able to see see you guys before you guys actually went out and saw, you know, most of the fans, you know, where the buses were. Um, but, you know, listen, man, I you know, people don't realize, you know, you came in. Um, that 99 and, and you actually wore number 32, you know, you didn't even start with number 34. Um, tell me, can, can you tell me a little bit about what that transition was and wearing that number 34? Obviously, you know, your dad wore that number and he wore that number so proudly. Um, was that something you always wanted to wear? Was that, is that the type of number you wanted to wear just to kind of follow in his footsteps? No, actually, you know, it's funny because I was just thinking about how, you know, most people, I don't even know a lot of Miami fans know that, you know, how short before I got to Miami, my football career was, man. Like, you know, I played soccer from when I was a soccer four player. years old. <laughs> yeah, I was four, I, from four years old all the way up until in my sophomore year in high school. And so, you know, I'm, even at, you know, 14, 15 years old, a lot of people are still upset with me that I switched over because a lot of people thought that how good I was and, um, just with my last name that I could help maybe change the landscape of, of of soccer here in, in the States. And, you know, I never really thought about that, but like I tried out for the national team. I never even played most kids like go, you know, their state team and then regionals, and then they get a chance to go nationals. I never did state. I played on a club team and I was in school one day in middle school and I get a call from the, from the, from the office. And they're like, yo, uh, your mom's on the phone. So I thought I was in trouble for something. And, and she called me. She was like, Ain't yo, the, the US, yeah, right. She was like, yo, the U.S. national team uh, wants you to come try out in Florida. And I was like, what? So I flew to Florida and it's crazy because I had like I had the, the worst, probably the worst tryout that I could ever have. But the game, the, the, my game was so different. But I was always rocking the number 12. 
like 12 was always my number, you know, three times four, three times four, 12. I was like, yo, that's, that's my number. And I, I, I had that feeling that, you know, I want to play football. And when I did, even in high school, I wore number five because of Donovan McNabb, because that's who I really saw, you know, as a kid growing up when he's at Syracuse, I was watching him Chicago cat. So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna rock that number. And so when I got to Miami, it didn't even cross my mind to, to, um, to get the 34. Like I was super excited just to, to be a part of the family. Like, so I was doing my homework before I went and my dad, I'll never forget, you know, before he passed and the day actually that I had my press conference at St. Bader high school, you know, he looked at me because he didn't even know what I was going to do until that day. And then when I picked up the Miami hat, he was like, he was like, listen, and he never, ever, never once did he tell me where he wanted me to go. And when I picked up the hat and he looked at me and he said, that's where I wanted you to go. And he's like, son, you don't go somewhere just to play football and just to, you know, he goes, you go somewhere to win championships. And I felt that from the moment when I stepped on campus on my visit of the guys that I was on my visit with me. Um, who, who else? I think Andre was on my visit. Most Sykes was on my visit. Portis, I think, man, there was just a bunch of us uh, on that visit. And I remember sitting with the guys at, at the apartments and we were sitting outside. I think Vern, big Vern was on, on my visit too. And all these guys wow. were on all the, all, yeah, all these guys were in Tom Lemming's book. Like, no, there was no looking at these dudes on the internet. Tom Lemming had this book of all the top players in the country. And I was like looking at all of them going, holy cow. I know all these guys are in that top 25. Like, yo, this is, this is crazy. And we were all outside. And I remember, I don't know who it was. I think it might've been Portis. If I'm not mistaken, it was like, yo, if we all come here, we'll have an opportunity to win championships. And it was like a light that clicked on it into my head. And you know, when I got there, I was like, I was not just, I wasn't just happy to be there. I was happy to be a part of the family. So it didn't matter what number I had on. I just, I was just there to try to figure things out. And I think early on for me, having my dad sick and passing away, I think it really just, it messed up kind of, you know, how everything, I envisioned things going for me while I was there. But um, the way that it ended was, was like the icing on the cake. So I really can't be upset about my time in Miami. Wow. So JP, tell me a little bit about the competition that, you know, happened between you and I mean, you played with just some, you know, you were one of, you know, amazing running backs that, uh, that played at Miami at that time. Talk a little bit about the, you know, the, the, um, you know, what the, everything going on at Green Tree. Oh man, it was, it was a battle every single day. I mean, when I got there, you know, it, man, a lot of people don't know these stories, man. Cause I just got chills. Like as soon as I said it, I just got, I was about to speak and I just got chills. I, I was on my <laughs> visit though. For, I got, no, cause I got to tell you this, cause this is what, these are the moments. A lot of people don't know why I chose Miami. So I was, well, I was, was going to be my, my question. Visit. What made you choose it, Miami? <laughs> all right. So listen, I was on my visit to Indiana. That was my first visit. And only reason why I went on the visit was because everywhere that I was going, I was getting, the names of the guys that I knew who I was watching. And so Antoine Randall L was a local project here from Chicago. And I'm watching this dude. I, he was another person that I watched and reason why I played quarterback coming, you know, out of high school. And he was my host. And I went 
to we went to like a party the, the first night I got there, and Antoine's brother got his chain snatched, and we were inside of like a like underneath a dorm and like a hall, and it was like a it was like a fraternity of like step show and like party. And so they ushered me out and got me out. And I, I, they were trying not to, I was trying to duck punches and everything. So I'm like getting out of there. I'm like, oh no. So the second night, the second night, that was Friday night, Saturday, they were, they were going to play basketball before they went out. And I was, they were like, yo, you want to come to the, to the gym and ball? And I was like, I lied. I was like, nah, man, I got to do some homework. But the reason was, is because, Miami was playing UCLA that night in the OB, and I sat and watched Edge I was James, there, baby. Dude. I was I there. Know. <laughs> and, and I watched Edrin, and it just it just was like, holy cow, like this this is amazing. And so, you know, I get to Miami, and I'm in this room with, you know, Najee Davenport and James Jackson, and Portis and I come in together, and and it was. It was watching these guys who have been playing football all their lives. And for me, that was – 99 was going into that season was my third year actually playing organized football ever. Like I didn't, I didn't play as a kid. Like all these guys have played since they were like little kids. So for me, it was just trying to learn as much, but I was also didn't want to ask too many questions and I probably should have. And the dude that I asked questions to is the dude who I'm battling against, which is Portis. And I'm like, yo, Portis, (laughs) I never played running back. I played running back in one game. One game in high school. That was it. One game. Wow. I never had to block anybody. Never had to do any of that stuff. So now we got pass protection, and I'm looking at Nate Webster and Dan, like Dan Morgan, and these dudes running at me, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where to go. So I'm asking Porter's, like telling me before the play, like, oh yeah, where should I go? Porter's like, yeah, swing right, and I'm supposed to swing left, and then Don Salinger's yelling at me, and Porter's is like, got him, got him. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God, so, that's great. Oh man. Yeah, it, it was classic. But the battles of, of seeing what Don Salinger did for all of us. I mean, he – he we knew just by watching the guys, like Edrian come. Like, we, we knew what he was all about. We knew how he ran his ship. And it was just a battle, man. Every day you had to bring your hard hat, your mouthpiece. Like, there was no slacking off. And Don would never let you just, like – run five yards past in like an inside run. Like if we were all backed up on our 20, we had to go all the way down and score, get back. And if you were still up, you had to go again. And it was, it was a mindset that we had, not just the running backs, but that whole entire squad that they were building up to that point. And you could see it in 99, but in 2000, that's when it really all kicked in. And, you know, thanks to, Coach Swayze, I mean, he conditioned us to to a way where, you know, teams would come to the OB and we knew that the game was over before it even started. And that, I think that is a part of, of our legacy that we did and we, who we saw those teams from the 80s and, and 90s, early 90s, and how they did it. We just wanted to be able to carry on that same tradition but put our own swag on it and, and, and kind of put our stamp on how we wanted to leave out of there as Miami Hurricanes. You know, it was crazy because you mentioned, uh, you know, that 99, again, that 99 season coming off of that, you know, UCLA win and then flipping over to 99. And you're right, right? So the 99 season went through, but I really felt like that 2000 team, 
you know, again, yeah. laced with with Dan Morgan and and uh, Santana and Reggie and all those guys. A lot of people always compare that 01 as a as the best team, you know, ever, right? Which I can't deny it. They they had a phenomenal squad. Look at the talent they came out. Um, look at the national championship. But man, that 2000 team was something else, man. You know that one stumble yeah. against Washington on the second game of the year, but. You know that, that I'll tell you, man. That, that 2000 team against that 2001 team would be a phenomenal matchup. I mean, obviously, you can't really say it's going to be a matchup because you have multiple players, you know, that continue from 2000 into 2001. Um, so, JP, real quick, man. I know we're getting ready to push against the break. Uh, you mind coming real back with us and uh, jumping on another segment with us? Let's do it, man. I bet that up. Listen, you guys listen to the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145. We'll be right back with alumni number 34, Jared Payton, national champion. And I'll save the next intro to what I'm going to call this guy on the next segment. We'll catch you guys right back in a minute. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungo by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And we're back here on Friday afternoon, getting ready to uh, get into the weekend. Again, joining us is none other than Mr. 34, Jared Payton, University of Miami, running back. Um, We left off calling him a 2001 national champion. But I think to really understand Mr. JP, you really have to go a couple more years later to the 2004 Orange Bowl MVP. JP, (laughs) talk to me about the FSU game. Man, um, well, let's, first we got to go back. We got to go back to my first. No, no, we got to go back to the FSU, the first, the first game early in the season, the monsoon, okay. the rain out. I mean, that's where it all started because the week before was 
the West Virginia game where, you know, unfortunately Frank Gore goes down with another knee injury and, you know, I have to yep. step in. And it's crazy, you guys, because, you know, I think about all the guys, I mean, all of the old heads who hit me up and were asking me if I was ready for that game. And, like, they, like guys had my – I had a, I was on the beach in a condo, and I don't even think I knew my house phone number, but, like, cats were calling, asking me if I was ready. I'm like, how would you get this number, dude? So I'm nervous a little bit because I'm like, it's my first start. And I remember getting there up in the morning, and once, you know, we get there, I'm, I'm everything's good, and Larry Coker and I were talking, and, and everybody's like, man, it looks like a beautiful day. By the time we came in to eat before we left, you could see like the clouds just coming over and I was like, Holy cow, don't rain. Like I got to hold the rock today. Like, nah, don't just don't rain. <laughs> and that game, that game was, was the tone setter, you know, for me, it was my first opportunity. And so to be able to be blessed, you know, to be one of those teams that says they, they that they beat Florida state two times in one season, um, man, the second time around was, was a big deal for me. And there was a lot of stuff that was going on before that game. Um, my sister's best friend um, committed suicide on, mm. on my birthday, which is the day after Christmas. So I was playing with a heavy heart and it was, I don't know. It was just one of those, one of those days where when you get an opportunity you take advantage of, of, of an opportunity that's there for you, you got to do it. And man, everything just, seemed to be going right from the beginning of the game and you know I was just kind of in the moment and you know everybody else was thinking about all this other stuff like how close I was to a thousand yards and didn't start all season and and all these other things and and for me it was like yo we just got to get this dub and you know having guys yeah having guys on that line were just amazing to me like you know Bernie Carey and these guys everybody just blocking for me and and Eric Winston, my guy, man, like all these dudes just going hard for me and just to be a part of that, that was, that's the, that was the icing on the cake for me. And that's why I said it didn't start like 99 didn't start the way I wanted to, but man, 2004 Orange Bowl to me, that was, that was it. And I'll take that. I'll take it. Cause people were like, yo, you could have went somewhere else in the big 10 and played for four years and things could have been different. I would, right. I would, I, I, there's no way I would give up the opportunity of playing at the university of Miami. No matter how my career would have went in the NFL, uh, just being able to be a part of that university and, and the, the, the family that I made, that was worth it. Yeah. That's so awesome, JP, because we're setting up our website right now. And one of the things that I put for our profile is, Hey, what's your most memorable memory, um, most memorable moment as a fan. And for me, you know, I've got the 2004 Orange Bowl in there, wide right three, right? You know, just that that was the game that I really fell in love with the team and, you know, the day that I really, really uh, got into it. It's been, you know, it's been a crazy, you know, crazy ride ever since, man. But, uh, yeah, I remember I was there in the stands watching you ball, man, and, you know, leaving the leaving the stands that night was uh, was amazing, man. man. Like, I just, like, you, you just, know, you just get, there's nothing you like just it. You gave me chills, fam. Like, bird, <laughs> bird. And, and that, that's, that is, that is, that's crazy. It's crazy that I yeah. hear that story all the time. And so, yes, did I, I, but did I, I didn't have an opportunity to have careers like some of the other guys that were in the room with me. Um, but to 
me, that doesn't matter. That's not what your legacy is all about. Your, you, your legacy is about your past and what you did. And so for people to come up right. to me and say that's that moment that, that they fell in love in that moment, that makes it all worth it, man. That's, what you, that's why you grind so hard. Look, that's, that's no fluff. That's been on the website for, for a while, man. That's, that's as true as I can be right there, man. That was the game. So, you, you, know, you know, Jay, here's the thing, too, right? And at the end of the day, people are going to know who came through the program, you know, who played, who didn't. But, like, the country and, like, your legacy will always be, you know, mentioned as the Orange Bowl MVP. So no matter whatever happens, year in, year out, you will always be that MVP. You know, listen, you're always my MVP, man. You're my dog, man. You know, I got to see you. I remember when we went up to Chicago, you know, we played Notre Dame up there in Soldier Field. You know, you and I, you know, we, we met up there. I remember in 2008, bro, when you came yep. down uh, with your wife. Wisconsin. And, you know, I guess Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, we were rocking those uh, all swag wear hoodies, you know, with the swag hey, tested, swag approved. D, every game that we met up at the Canes lost, bro. We're not going to any more games with each other. So Jay, here's the funny thing. I literally I showed Bird, right? Because we're we're on we're on a um a Zoom here. I literally have a shirt right in front of me that is 12 years old. It says swag tested, swag approved, and I have your signature right in the middle of my two hands. I swear I got to take a picture, send this to you so you can see it, bro. I literally okay. have the same shirt that I rocked Guess when we what? were, you know, when we got beat by Wisconsin. Guess what? I still have That's that crazy. shirt in my I still have it inside of my closet. I see it every single day. So, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't it, people talk about swag, man, and like the swag that that we played with that that our university played with, it changed the game. Like we, we just didn't have good teams at the University of Miami. Teams that even came before us, dude. We changed the whole landscape of college football, and I don't think it will ever be the same again. And you know, people, no. you got to pay your your dues, and you got to pay respects to the guys that came in the '80s and '90s. They set the tone, man, and and we just try to figure it out and and, and put our own stamp on it. So, swag tested. Swag tested, swag approved. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you already know that. You know, I posted a picture on Twitter the other day with me and Bernard Clark. And like and I kind of oh. did like a little throwback. And like people didn't even know who Tiger was, man. But if you look at the the guys, like you said, those 80 guys, man, they were just monsters playing back there, you know. And it's good to be able to establish relationships with again guys and still have the relationships that we have today, right? You know, again, I'm I'm friends with Rocky McIntosh and Vince Woolfork and, you know, obviously you and, you know, I can go on and on and on, you know, I feel as a, as a true fan and a fan who's always going to support whether you win or lose is the right way to be a fan. Right. Um, again, yeah. I can kind of get upset when things aren't going away and things like that, but listen, my love for the University of Miami, my love for whoever puts that you on, you know, puts that helmet on the, on the, on the top of their head, man. Like, there's nothing like watching those kids. And I call you guys kids. Now, now you're not even a kid anymore. You're 40 years old. You just had a birthday, you know? So yeah. it's like you're not even a kid anymore. But to me, you're still a kid because you're younger than me. But I will always continue to support and, and root for those kids, man, and always continue to have those relationships. I wanted to talk to you real quick. Um, I know you're up in Chicago. You have a beautiful family, you know, Trish, Jaden, and um, you have a little daughter too, if, I can't, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, Madison. Yep, Madison. She's four. Wow, man. It's crazy. Here it is. Like now you have a family and Jaden's playing baseball. I think he's doing some other stuff. Like I kind of, I follow your stories and, you know, see what's going on there. 
Um, you had a great week last week. You got you have a a good foundation as far as the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about it and what exactly that is? Yeah, so our family got approached by the NFL uh, right after my dad passed in November of 99. And Paul Tagliabue, who was the commissioner, said he wanted to change the name of the Man of the Year Award to my dad's name and wanted it to be a part of that. And my dad won it back in 77. And so I was like, holy cow, like this is amazing. And to see where... It was from that moment to where we are now. Um, Nationwide is the is the presenting sponsor, and they've been phenomenal. Um, we have an opportunity now to be able to acknowledge and, and kind of congratulate one player from every single team, all 32 teams. What well, There's one winner, and the 2020 winner is Russell Wilson. And so um, the work that he's doing with his family in the community, what he's done in Seattle has been amazing. And he's just another – new member to our family now who is going to wear the Walter Payton Man of the Year patch on their jersey for the rest of his career. And Clayus Campbell won it last year and, you know, a Miami cat. And it was just an honor to be able to be there and, and to see him and talk with him and his family. And there's a lot of guys doing great work, man. And so our family is just truly blessed to be able to have this award in my dad's name. And it shines light on not what you do on the field, but what you do off the field. And I think that speaks volumes to the person that my dad was and not as a football player, but off the field and the lives that he impacted. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, was it hard growing up carrying that Peyton name or was it just kind of just, you know, everyday life? (laughs) Man, I'm going to tell you, I mean, it's, it's, it's still hard, man. And, but back then it was, you know, there's, I didn't have to jump into football. I decided to just because I was, I got burnt out of playing soccer. I didn't play any other sports. So for me, that was, that was kind of it. And so I remember when I was little, like 12, 13, I'd be running down the field and parents would be yelling at me like, yo, you'll never be like your dad. And I was like, yo, like, what do you mean? Like, what do, what do you mean? I mean, it doesn't make sense. And they would, they would, uh, you know, it's always been there, but my dad always just told me, don't be like me, be better than me. And so that's, I understand what he's talking about now. He's, he was talking about off the field. And I think the pressure to be like him off the field is way, way more, uh, way more intense than trying to be on the field. Because as a kid, I just always knew there was only going to be one sweetness. So, um, you know, off the field now, how people see me and how I carry myself in the community and my, my family foundation and my foundation, um, I got to keep doing those things. But honestly, I can actually say this now because I'm 40 years old. Man, I know my pops would be proud of me, man. I know he would. The work oh, no that doubt. I'm doing. No and, doubt. And, Absolutely. And, and, that, and that's what makes me happy and that's what makes me proud. And I said the other day, I'm just honestly, I'm proud to be his son. Um, my mom is still alive, but she's here rocking with, with me. Uh, but, man, my mom showed me how to love, and my dad showed me how to work. And so I'm just blessed to be able to have, a, you know, both of them to be able to guide me around, and it's really gotten to me where I am today in this world. It's incredible. That's definitely uh, that's touching, man. I mean, honestly, you know, uh, not a lot of people can say that. You know, you brought up a key name earlier um, in Mr. Number 5, Edron James. And, uh, you know, obviously he's going to be enshrined, you know, in Canton. And, uh, you know, again, coming up next year, um, there's opportunity for some more of your, you know, 
former teammates. Andre Johnson, Vince Wolford, Devin Hester. Um, how, how close are you still to some of those guys? Do you guys still talk on a continual basis? Or, or how is that brotherhood that you had at the University of Miami? Like, who do you still talk to? Um, I mean, I talk to, I talk to some guys. It's weird because, you know, we kind of all follow each other on social media and stuff, like Frank and I, and I don't talk to them that much. But, you know, we, we like different things on, on our pages and stuff. Portis, same way on Instagram. Andre on Instagram. People probably I talk to the most, I would say, would be Ed. I've talked to Ed Reed probably. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal. Um, I talked to your Bryant. I talked to Big Vern because Brian and Vern were my two, were my two guys in high in college. So those are my dudes. So I try to keep up with them. And um, you know, DJ Williams. I still talk to DJ a lot. And it was cool uh, last week for my TV show. I got a chance to talk with Vilma. So we kind of chopped it up. And man, it's, I mean, it's um, cool. Oh, I talked to Rod Mack the other day too as well. He called me, and we talked. So. I mean, the brotherhood is always strong. It just, you know, now we all got our families, we got business, we got stuff that we do. So it's hard to always keep in touch, but we do, man. We, and anybody ever needs something, someone's always there for them. And I think that's what makes the brotherhood so special is that we always right. got each other's back. In the same way that it was on Green Tree, same way it was on Saturdays. That, that will never go away. That's what's up, man. So, JP, before we let you go, because I know uh, you got things to do and we don't want to keep you here on this Friday morning, we're going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of came up with a few things that we want to ask you. You know, give us your answers. And, uh, again, if you have a no comment, you can say no comment. But, uh, you know, we just want to ask you a few questions. Are you ready for this? Go. All right. We'll make it easy. Cubs or the White Sox? Cubs. (laughs) Again, I know you're a Chicago Chicagoan. I'm not gonna even mention Michael Jordan, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw two different names out to you: Craig Hodges okay. or John Paxson. Oh man, uh, Paxson. <laughs> okay. Simply off that three FSU. he hit for the uh, for the championship. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, hold on, hold on. the um, reason why I said it because I didn't know if you were talking about exec as an executive or as a player. That's why. <laughs> I was thinking like, ooh, as a player, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got to go with that. All right. FSU or Florida? Neither. (laughs) Boom. Beautiful. Love the answer. Uh, Football or soccer? Football. Okay, okay. Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's, here's my last question for you. Um, again, Budgie Davis or Larry Coker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't have to answer. We you can say on, both up. We were hard on JP. <laughs> hey, uh, Bush Davis. All right. I'll respect that. You know, again, I'll definitely respect that. Um, Bro, listen, man. It, it's been a it's been a pleasure. And it's been a blessing listening to you, man. Um, we definitely have to uh, link up again, man. I know. Listen, you know I'll be. You know we got Alabama open up the season, man. If you can make time to come down to Atlanta, man, we can uh, link up in Atlanta and watch some Canes play Alabama. Or you know, if you want to come down to a home game, man, just let me know when you're coming down, and we can definitely get together. 
Okay. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you guys so much. And I know I'm not just speaking for myself, but all the Kings fans around the world, man, we appreciate you guys for putting in the hard work and having an outlet for us to be able to, to talk about these memories and talk about the future as well. So thank you guys. Thank you, DC. Thank you, Bird. You guys listen to the Can Gang show here on Sirius XM channel 145. We're going to break. We'll catch you in the flip. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today, here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on two nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. What an amazing segment that we just had here with Jared Payton, uh, former University of Miami running back. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. You know, Bird, uh, Definitely one of the better interviews that we've had, uh, one of the better uh, people that we've had. Just an all-around great dude, man. What was your take on listening to JP and some of the stories that he was telling? Oh, man. Uh, just an amazing guy who, who bleeds orange and green. Uh, really just, you know, 
was so good to get to know him on a, on another level. We actually had a, a couple of minutes after the interview there before he signed off that we were able to chop it up with him a little more, man. And, uh, you know, JP is just an awesome guy on and off the field, man. So, so thankful to him for the time that he spent with us and all the work that, uh, that he's doing, man. So good stuff. Yeah. No, no doubt. You know, one of the, one of the good things is now we have, you know, we have the other, the, the trio with us, you know, finally he, uh, was able to get out of bed and, uh, I don't know what he was going <laughs> on. <this> morning, but, <laughs> Jordan, man, well, welcome, welcome to the show. Since yeah. you uh, missed the first two segments, but uh, yeah. welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I feel bad I missed it. That's, uh, I mean, what an amazing opportunity to talk to a a UM great, you know. So, bummer that I missed it, but I'm glad to be here with you guys. So, did the wife have breakfast in bed? Is that why you were kind of delayed, or what was what was the deal Something here? Something like Thanks that, man. Yeah, breakfast. <laughs> well, that's what, listen. that's what the kids call it these days. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, man, well, you know, good to have you on because, uh, you know, we got to make sure that, like, the gang is complete. Um, but listen, we have another guest uh, joining us today here on Friday morning. Um, you know, again, man, it's beautiful outside, too. I'm just looking outside, and, man, the weather down here in South Florida is amazing. Um, so another guest, you know, Bird and J-Man, uh, one of my good friends, uh, one of my brothers, uh, Mr. Victor Calero. Yo, Vic, what's good, brother? How's it going, guys? Good to be here today. Oh, man, well, excited to have you here on the Kang Gang radio show. Um, you know, I was kind of giving you a little introduction here, Vic, to, to, to Bird and to J-Man. Um, you know, again, there's a, lot, there's a lot to know about Vic. You know, Vic, you do a lot of, a lot of things around the community, you know, a teacher, a mentor, um, obviously a University of Miami Sports Hall of Fame member. Um, so I want to kind of get into that a little bit and, and kind of give me a little bit of background about yourself and about your passion and about your UM uh, ties. Okay. Um, again, I'm an alumni from the UM, basically class of 92. Okay, uh, part of the Hall of Fame. I ended up getting inducted as a committee member back in 2013. I've been active overall with the Hall since like 2006. Um, again, it's a great passion of my life, to be honest with you. Um, at least uh, profession-wise, as um, Derek and they're referring to, basically I have my own tutoring company on the side and I do healthcare claims auditing independently. Um, Again, you know, when it comes down to UM, basically, it's my pride and my passion, to be very honest with you. I'm not as insane as Derek is, basically. Okay, some <laughs> There's not guys. too many of us that are like that, whoever that guy yeah, some, is that you're referring some, to. Well, some of us don't end up taking our newborn that gets featured on ESPN, and then they're asking someone forgot to get a babysitter for tonight, basically, for the game. Um, Vic, have you seen how many, how many gifts he has? Like, if you do a gift search for, like, Hurricanes fans or something, like – I started noticing that, like, I, I put it in to put it on, like, you know, on somebody's post or something. I'm like, there's good to scroll. I'm like, he's, there he is again. I'm like, what is with this guy, man? He's got, like, 10 different Derek, gifts. Derek is everywhere. I mean, that's him and him and JD, basically, JD Boss, who, as he goes to, John Desilu on, on Facebook. So they're everywhere, basically. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Hall of Fame, again, you know, Hall of Fame was founded back in the late 50s, okay? Um, so it's celebrated, like, its 60th anniversary recently, give or take. Um, again, we end up having several events during the year. Basically, one of our, one of, like I said, one of our main function is our banquet that we end up having annually in the springtime. Obviously, because of the pandemic, it's already been delayed. Um, we've, I mean, again, Derek has been there for, you know, past events, basically, especially that the banquet is probably the pinnacle of what we exist for, to be honest with you. That's where we end up honoring, okay, with regards to all of our past and present members, okay? And it's a really great time. If you're a true Canes fan in every aspect of the word, that is the place to be. 
that is the I, I would agree with you because like you know i started going a few years back and that's something that maria and i look forward to every single year um and, and let me tell you j-man and bird man there's no shortage of you know former ballers that that show up at the hall of fame banquet man like you'll never know who you'll run into who you'll see but uh you know a couple of years ago it was funny you guys watch the show 911 it's like it's you know it's on i think uh nbc or something you guys watch that seen show it before yeah, I've seen so it before. There, one of the main character i think her name is um I think it's like Aisha or something like that. Anyway, she happened to be at the UM banquet, and Maria loves that show. So Maria's like, oh, my gosh, that's the girl from the show that I watch. That's the girl from the show I watch. I said, <laughs> just go over there and ask her for a picture. <laughs> so, you know, obviously Maria was able to get over there and get a picture with her, and uh, so it's, it's crazy. So, Vic, what's, what's the, you know, kind of the COVID impact on the, on the banquet? Do you guys have a date? Is it going to happen this year, or you know, is it We're still kind of up in the air? It's, it's still up in the air. I mean, it's still up in there, basically. I mean, again, try to realize that we're guided in terms of both, you know, regional guidelines as well as national as well, too. Okay, so, Absolutely. I mean, again, literally what was our class of 20 induction was going to end up taking place. We're not going to have any new inductees, quote-unquote, announced for this year. We're going to end up inducting last year's, basically. But, again, it's hurt us. I mean, we had our golf tournament, Okay, at the Biltmore uh, down in Miami and Coral Gables specifically uh, a couple months ago, back in October, was very successful. Uh, Jim Morris was our host. And again, we had to go through great pains as far as to ensure social distancing. Okay, as far as like separate cards for a lot of the golfers, basically, we had to have plexiglass dividers, box lunches, the whole bit, basically. So it was it's, yeah. it's a great challenge. Well, good That's luck with yourself. That just sounds like it's way too much. You know, again, if you're going to have to go through that much effort, you're better off not even having the event. You know, again, listen, I'm bummed, right? Because, like, the events, are, the events are what help sponsor the Hall of Fame. So, Vic, you know, again, I've been in the Hall of Fame sitting right there next to the Heck Center, you know, right there next to Cobb Field. You know, a lot of people don't really know that the Hall of Fame sits right in there. Um, can you tell me who kind of runs the Hall of Fame? And tell me about some of the memorabilia that's inside that Hall of Fame. Oh God! If it, it's a sick amount of memorabilia, basically, some of the uh, some of the championship trophies we ended up moving it over to the Schwartz Center. Uh, I mean, again, we still have. I mean, again, we'll end up getting like donations from like old memorabilia from, you know, past Hall of Fame members. Okay, I mean, talking people that ended up starting like in the late twenties, okay, thirties, forties. I mean, we have a pennant that ended up dating back from nineteen twenty-six. Okay, and we put that like in a special like UV wow. resistant case, basically. So it's really cool stuff to watch, basically. I mean, we end up having, you know, uh, I think we have like Warren Saps Lombardi in there, if I remember correctly, Lombardi Award. Um, also, at the same time, I mean, we have like championship rings. Okay, we have like bobbleheads. We have like signed helmets. Okay, we have retired jerseys. You name it, left and right. It's crazy stuff. It's so crazy Vic, stuff. Can, can I ask you, I mean, you know, as far as everything I've ever known, yeah, the university was founded in 1927. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, so 25, 25, 25. Okay, so you have, so okay, so I'm sorry. So it must have been, you know, I was just like, wow, you have something that actually like predates. You must have been on that truly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say, that's impressive, man. I, I got to get over there and check out everything. It's really cool stuff. I mean, if you ever get a chance, I mean, again, we have the old war canoe when it comes down to the FSU UM games. Basically, that's always yeah. a good tradition. We have some of the old lockers, okay, from the old from the. I have season. some of the old lockers. <laughs> yes, he yes he does. Yes, yes he does. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Calero, I think you yes, have an uh, old you locker have one too. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. 
um, again, just it's it's a great amount of history. It's again, you want to take a trip down there and take you know a tour through the camp through the actual hall itself. Great stuff. It's really great stuff. Awesome. Is the is the hall like obviously? What are the hours for the hall? Is it open? Obviously, it's open to the public. Um, it's not like you have to pay to get in or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But what are the hours that it's open? Is, is it different times throughout the week? Is it on the weekends? Talk to me about that. Normally, it's open on the weekdays, basically, like from about like nine to five o'clock. Okay, primarily. Again, we've had our hours shortened. Okay, as I mean, again, post pre-pandemic, well, not pre-pandemic, at least present pandemic. Again, we haven't been able to end up occupying the building only under special occasions that we have to end up being there for something, and that has to go through the certain channels as far as permission. But again, we've tried to maintain a presence as much as possible. So, well, and that's that's crazy, right? Because again, when I went down there, um, and again, I've been down there a few times. Um, it's just always nice to walk in there and just like, and again, even for me, right? And and I'm a huge memorabilia person, but I still get in awe. Um, I remember I took the boys down there uh, a couple years back, and, you know, Ken Dorsey's locker's there, and, and Andre Johnson, and, like, their helmets are in there. So the boys are putting on their helmets and, you know, taking pictures and things like that. And, you yeah. know, Duke Johnson's, you know, his jersey and stuff's Dorsey's in there. Here. Like, you know, again, so it, it's always the nicest to kind of reminisce about – I don't want to call them the good old days, but those were the good old days. And uh, so, so how does – so – people donate things into the hall of fame. Do you guys kind of reach out to different people to say, Hey, look, if you guys have anything, would you mind donating them? Um, you know, how do you guys... it... I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's pretty much no, mutual. That's yeah. okay. It's pretty much mutual. Derek, again, we'll end up having offers for some of our, you know, former athletes, former players, and we're not just talking about football, but like baseball, basketball, tennis, I mean, track, you name it. Okay. So I mean, again, if you guys get to the point where you get too big, obviously there's not a lot of room for expansion, you know, at the hall of fame. What do you guys do? Like, or where, what are you guys looking at doing as far as if you get too much memorabilia, which that's not a bad thing. Like, what are you looking to do with the hall? I mean, again, we'll have some things in storage. We have no choice. We have to, uh, we try to end up featuring four of the more prominent pieces that we'll end up having as much as possible. And again, we'll try and farm. I mean, again, like I said, some of our pieces went over to the Schwartz Center basically when it was constructed a couple of years ago. So, you know, that, that Schwartz Center is just a phenomenal building. I don't know who the, the lead electrician on that job was, but I know he did a phenomenal job. You know, just I, throwing I, that I, I, I have no idea. I'll <laughs> say this much for, for Ryan and Jordan. I mean, like I said, we talked about the banquet a couple minutes ago. Yeah. You got to be at our table because our table ends up getting. Voted most likely to need bail by the end of the night. Let's put it that deal. Way. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. That's that's my kind that of party. Like a good time, man. So you know, let I me. Did... All right, I gotta tell you a story though, real quick, real quick. <laughs> Two years ago, when Vince was being inducted, and, and obviously you guys oh already know he's God. my favorite player, right? <laughs> but like, literally, so we're at the hall, and you have to understand, and not to knock the banquet, but bro, it's literally like Geritol people. Like it's 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 oldies, right? It's a bunch of gray hairs, which is fine. I don't mind that. But, like, J.D. and I literally get up on the stage, like, when we're just getting – we're like, ah, and we're doing, like, the C-A-N-E-S. And these, these freaking people are staring at us like, like, who are these dudes? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> bro, I'm like, let's make some noise, bro. And so – and then, obviously, our table, we're a younger generation, per se. Like, again, I feel still – I still feel like I'm in my 20s, maybe, especially when I'm in an event like this because Maria always – I'm getting elbowed all the time. Um, 
But bro, like I'm yelling numbers left and right. Like when I'm like, yo, seven, five, like, bro, like literally when people are walking by, I am acting the fool, but like, you got to have some type of excitement, right? You're, you're there to celebrate and to, you know, memorialize, you know, what these guys did on the field and things like that. But yeah, we kind of got a rowdy, we always get the rowdy, but they always put us in the back too. I don't think they want to put us up front. <laughs> now, here, now, here, now here's the foot. Exactly. It's by the side. Who do you think they ask? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here's a funny story, okay? So a couple years ago, we had Jeremy Shockey as one of our inductees, okay? Now, Jeremy happens to be probably one of the more craziest, craziest white men, besides Derek, that I have met in my entire life. So <laughs> before the actual dinner starts to take place, basically, which we end up having like a slideshow and a presentation, basically, and presentation of officers and what and so on, we have a cocktail hour, like between six and seven, okay? So everyone's like mingling around, having some drinks, basically, or derbs a whole bit, basically, okay? Derek and Jeremy, basically, are comparing tattoos that they end up, like, having in the chest area, basically. And like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, if you know Shock, he has a huge American flag. Like, yes. he has a huge American yes. sleeve, right? Well, you guys yes. know, like, Bird, I have a huge american sleeve you know on my right arm as well so we were kind of comparing like stars and stripes and you know whose whose eagle looks better and things like that you, you and uh you and shocky are like uh stepbrothers right in the movie with a did we just become oh. best friends yeah yeah those two were like two peas in a pod i'm serious no joke. oh man i love it man i love it yeah, I'm those, telling you, there's nothing like there's time. nothing like it, man. It's, you know, again, we do. I know there's always a, like a, a silent auction. There's always different things that go on at these events, and you know, for me, I just find it to be kind of refreshing to kind of take away from, you know, the hustle and the bustle and being at a game and tailgating and all of those stuff to be able to kind of dress up every now and then and, and go to a dinner, um, and again, just being able to fellowship and. Again, you're all there for the common purpose, the common goal. That's to, again, to celebrate somebody for their accomplishments. I only wish that I would have got to know about the banquet, you know, a couple of years earlier because I would have loved to see some of the other people go in, you know, and be able to, you know, chalk it up and talk to them and be able to, uh, you know, again, there's, there's photo time and there's autograph time and things like that. You know, unfortunately, there are people out there who want to take advantage and ruin the quote-unquote autograph time because they want to go to somebody with like 50 different pieces and bro, it's like they're here to have dinner to, you know, be able to enjoy themselves. And then you want to throw 50 pieces of, you know, photos in front of them. And that's not what they're there for. You know, they're there to celebrate their, you know, their time with Miami and be able to, you know, what they've accomplished and be recognized as one of the greats in order to go into hall of fame. Jay, man, I know we're pushing up against the break. Um, Vic, man, if you want to just hang out real quick, we're going to go to quick break. We'll come back on and uh, you know, we'll get, uh, we'll get talking about some more university of Miami stuff. J-Man, we go for break? Yeah, yeah, man. So thank you all for listening to Kane Gang Radio. Uh, as always, we're having a great show once again. Um, so we're here, uh, Sirius XM Channel 145, Slam Radio. Hang out for just a few minutes. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? 
Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, got the, you forgot the... Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And guess what? It's that time of day where we just get our lunch break. Get that Subway $5 foot long. Actually, I don't even like Subway, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Welcome back, everybody. Kang Gang Radio Show. It's your boy, DC. Got the bird. Got the J-Man. Back with us here on uh, the second hour is uh, Mr. Calero. Vic, thanks for sticking around and, and joining us for another segment, man. Sure. Thanks. Good to be here. No doubt. So, Vic, talk to me a little bit about your UM experience. Like, talk to me about some of your most memorable games um, as far as football. We'll start off with football. Talk to me about some of your most memorable games of football. Oh, God. Um, man, UM Notre Dame, 1989. That game basically was probably one of the loudest games that I've ever been to. Lost my voice. Okay. I ended up sitting in the student section for that particular game. So my entire fraternity was out there with, I mean, even some of my family members went out there as well too, basically. So that game was fantastic. I mean, that's the, the infamous, you know, uh, Craig Erickson to Randall Hill, third and, what was it, Derek, third and 47 or third and 43? 43. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, and to make that throw that he did, basically, for Randall to make that catch was unreal. And that's also the game, basically, that we were, like, heckling the hell out of Brent Musburger, okay, because he had ended up, like, you know, cranking us in, in previous times when it came down to games against Notre Dame, basically, we were, like, running up the score. I think it was, like, 85 when it was Jerry Faust's last game. So, when he ended up, like, coming there, basically, we were, like, heckling the hell out of him, okay, from that particular game, basically. But that was that was a packed stadium, to be honest with you. Um, what else was another great game? I mean, again, you know, 83, and that's when I ended up going – you know, just as like a, you know, a regular student. Okay. And I wasn't at UM at that point in time, basically. I was only like, where was I? I was a freshman in high school at that point in time, but the game that started at all Miami, Nebraska, you know, that was a great game to go to basically. It's just. Thank you, Ken Calhoun. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. See, I everybody wants to thank Kenny Calhoun, like, but you have to go back to even Bernie. Like, Bernie put the ball like on the money. Like, yeah, downtown, I know it was downtown, downtown, downtown Eddie Brown, man. Yep. You already know, man. Like, everybody talks about that play with Kenny Calhoun because that's the infamous. But I mean, again, like, you got to remember, like, you started that year off losing to Florida and then just running the table and being able to beat a team like Nebraska at home, in the OB, kind of a home crowd. No one expected them to get there, right? But, man, Bernie Bernie showed up and showed out. You know, you were there. Um, you said you graduated in 92. So, Vic, you were there for the 89 the National Championship. You were there for the 91 National Championship. You know, technically, you would have been there for the 92. You know, again, you could talk about Lamar. You talk about George Teague. You could talk about the Alabama game. Um, a lot of people don't understand, like, the tradition – you know, again, or the the dominance that the University of Miami had. Like you talked about the '83 winning in '83, right? Correct. So we win in '83, we lose in '86, win in '87, had a bad call against Notre Dame in '88, or else we win that year. Won in '89, um, lost in '90 only because of that BYU and Ty Detmer game. Thank you, Jordan. Um, you win in '91, you lose to Alabama in '92. Then you start hitting like the Pell Grant scandals in '94, and you kind of, you know, kind of go off the deep end for a little bit for a few years. And then it really was like when we were talking to Jared Payton um, earlier in the show. You know, you go back to that '98 season, like that that UCLA game really swung the pendulum back. And then again, you know, you hit that '99 season was decent. And then again, like I even brought up to JP. That 2000 team, as much as everybody wants to give that 2001 team as the best team ever assembled, that 2000 team was something special, man. Special. You know, I would love to see like Dan Morgan and Santana and those guys on that 01 team because they're the ones that laid that foundation. That 97 class that came in, like there was just something special about those guys. You know, a lot of local guys wanted to stay home, wanted to kind of put the program back on the map, and they did that. Um, but, yeah, you know, th those years that you were there, those were the fun years. Those were the good years. Um, not too many down, not too many down weeks at the University of Miami as far as football between '89 and '92. I'll tell you that. I agree. I agree. So, I switch, mean, Derek, switch. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Vic. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, real quick. I mean, because Derek mentioned the uh, the Pell Grant scandal. Let me tell you something. Being an undergraduate during that time, I had some of the guys in class, and I had heard whispers about that stuff. I mean, I'm basically hearing like, "Hey, fifteen hundred bucks. All we gotta do is give a five five percent kickback." You know, but they were like keeping quiet as to who it was, basically. But eventually, it was discovered it was like Coach Russell. You know, wow. but the, the, and at that, during that time, and I mean, Derek's not joking around. It was fun being at UM because we were pounding the hell out of the opposition, basically. Okay, and those guys, for the most part, they ran the campus. I mean, you oh. see, now Leonard, Leonard Conley, and Leonard Conley was short. He was like five foot eight, five foot nine, but he was built. Okay, yeah. and he used to like go around campus with this thick gold chain around his neck that looked heavier than he was, basically. Okay? I'm telling you, man, those days, those days, and again, so I started my first game that I ever went to um, to watch University of Miami was in 1991. Miami played Houston. Um, that OB that night was just there was something about like the nostalgia. I think there was all that hoopla about David Klingler and that Houston offense and how they're just going to like light up Miami's defense. And yeah, the defense wasn't having it that night. They were just, they shut that down quick. You know, uh, you know, it's funny you bring up, you know, coach Russell. Um, one of my good friends that I went through middle school with, and I still talk to today is Tuan Russell, you know, and obviously that was his dad. And, you know, I mean, that had to be hard on Tuan. Obviously he played from 92 to 96. And, or 93 to 97, one of those years. Because gradu we graduated in 92, so it would be the 93 season. Um, and that had to be tough on him as well. Um, you know, switching, switching subjects, we have a huge, huge 
opening weekend next week up in Gainesville. Vic, I know you're a huge baseball fan like mm-hmm. I am. Um, Bird, J-Man, you guys, you guys into the into baseball as well, or are you guys oh, not yeah. really? Okay. So I, I really kind of bummed about, like, last year, I thought we had an opportunity to go back to Omaha we were, and potentially, we like, fall out. Oh, yeah. Fall yeah. Last year. Stupid Kobe kind of put us, on, you know, under, under the weather there, right? But, uh, you know, again, I, I think – we're going to come in this 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 season ranked kind of right around twenty. Um, it should be exciting to see again. You open up with Florida, who I think is preseason, you know, one or two based on where you're looking at. Um, it's always a good series. It's always a you know kind of a measuring stick to see where you are. Vic, talk talk to me about uh, about the University of Miami baseball team and, and what you're expecting from them this year. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think offensively, we can be probably as good as back in 2008 or even back in the years where we ended up having Aubrey Huff and Pat Burrell and Jason Michaels. Yeah. Okay. No doubt about it. I mean, the shame about this past season basically is that we were going to ball out. I mean, we ended up having three studs. Okay. As far as pitching was concerned, basically we had Fetterman in as a closer and we had some great hitters. You know, we had some really great hitters, Adrian Castile, Del Castillo, basically, you know, you had Alex Terrell, yeah, okay, you had Freddie Zamora. You know, we had some really good talent. Okay. Um, you know, also Anthony Villar as well, too. Great family, by the way. Um, but again, with this year, I have a lot of confidence in the guys that we've got coming back. Basically, we have a great draft class that's coming in as well, too. Basically, we've been preseason ranked as high as like number seven in some polls, so like number 15. I mean, baseball polls for college baseball tend to be pretty nuts. They're all over the place. Yeah. They're they really like. Are. There's like 15 of them, too. Oh, exactly. It's nuts. It's nuts. But, I mean, again, I I would like to see us hopefully that we can jump over the hump, so to speak, and we can end up taking out Florida. Okay, because Florida's been like that one thorn in our side. Okay, to be very honest with you. No No doubt. Okay, and I mean, look, I'll I'll give – I'll say this much. Kevin Sullivan, you know, is a good baseball coach. Okay, he's a baseball coach up in Florida. Now, the one thing I've kind of noticed in the last couple years is that some – of his prime talent basically has, has fallen off. I mean, they're always going to end up getting the high rankings basically for who and what they are. Okay. But in the end of it all, basically, I think this year we can really overcome them. So Vic, you know, I know you mentioned the, uh, you know, and then there's no secret that our offense is lights out, but what about the pitching, man? How do you think they're going to hold up this year? I mean, it's again, kind of a question mark, right? It, it is. I mean, again, they're going to switch Daniel over from a closer to a starter uh, we got Jake Garland that's looking to be one of the starter spots, basically. Um, yeah. The rest of the staff, basically, is going to be pretty much well unknown to a certain degree. But, I mean, again, their pedigrees are coming from some of the best programs from around the country. Sure. You know? I think J.P. Gates is going to do well for us. J.P. is straight-up beast. Yeah. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. That guy, basically, I mean, come on. You're talking about the guy's got – a great repertoire as far as pitching and then hitting as well too. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You know? I'm excited to see what's going to happen, man. To me, to me, it's all going to come down to, I think, uh, Toral and, and Del Castillo and see exactly how they, how they hold down like the lineup. Right. Cause again, I think those are your two big time players. I think, you know, I'd like yeah. to see how they step up. Let me ask you this, Vic, like obviously again, you're familiar with, 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 with the legend, the GOAT, you know, Ron Frazier, and then obviously sure. Jim Moore is taking over. And now with Gino Damari taking, like, you know, a couple years now into it, what's your take on coach? And, you know, what do you see the direction of the program under his, uh, you know, tutelage? 
I think basically Coach Demar is going to end up pretty much – he's going to carve out his own stance or his own type of brand of ball, okay? I feel that we kind of tailed off, you know, in the last couple of years basically under Coach Morris in some degree. Um, yeah. I like the excitement that Gino has brought back to the team basically. I mean, Gino has put in his time. I mean, Gino has spent a good portion of his lifetime both as a player and as assistant. You know, so I'm kind of glad to see him, like, you know, rise up to, to the stand, so to speak. Um, I really am looking forward to see what we do this year. Honestly, last year was a missed opportunity. I really thought yeah. that, I mean, Derek mentioned earlier that we could have gone all the way to Omaha and won it. Absolutely. How strongly I feel about that. You, you, know, you know my favorite thing about the college baseball game is? The metal bats and the ding when somebody, when oh, somebody God, just hit it. I mean, it's the greatest sound, isn't it? Now, Derek knows I sit behind home plate. Yeah. I sit right behind home plate, basically, to the right side. So, you know, you'll hear those guys, like, as far as, like, you know, going through batting practice, basically, and those dings, oh, my God. <laughs> That's you know, a great but, sound. I mean, look, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Please, forgive me. No, I was going to say, go ahead and finish, and I'll, I'll bring it up afterwards. No problem. Look, Coach Frazier, look, you want to talk about icon? Look yeah. at it. You know, college baseball is not what it is today, basically, if it wasn't for Ron Frazier. I'll tell you that right now. Yep. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, as you guys probably saw, his wife, his widow passed away about a month and a half ago, almost two months yeah. away, basically. So, yeah, I saw that. You know, in some aspects, it's, it's a sad time. I, I'm very good friends with Ron's daughter, basically. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, again, you know, for someone like Coach Frazier, I mean, the one thing he wanted to – have at the ball game that's pretty much predominant above it. It's like a family atmosphere. Okay. It's more entertaining basically for the entire family as a whole. Okay. I mean, again, if you guys ever, I mean, Derek's been there. Okay. Um, look, the Mark like milkshakes. That's, that's right. I wanted to ask yeah, about yeah. those. That is legend <laughs> right there. So, so I live across okay. the country. I'm, I'm born and raised in Salt Lake city, Utah. You know, I, I, I haven't been out to uh, campus in South Florida, though I've been pretty much a lifelong Canes fan. I've always wanted to go to a Canes baseball game and have a Mark light milkshake. So I need you guys to tell me about those. Oh, they're great. Uh, Derek, <laughs> I mean, you pick it, your flavor. <laughs> I mean, I mean, bro, there's, there's just, there's so many. And, and like, again, bird, like I, I didn't know that you were a big baseball fan. So we definitely have to link up and, and head down to a game, you know, if they're going to allow fans. And that was the thing, Vic, are they going to allow fans at Mark light or what's the, okay. what's the policy? Uh, you guys, I don't know, Derek, you might've gotten an email in regards to this coach, Frank, not coach, Frank, president, Frank, uh, ended up making an announcement now, at least through the 16th, basically that they would not be any type of, okay, of activity going on, basically, as far as to try and curb the amount of uh, the spread of COVID, basically. Uh, yeah. I highly suspect, at, at, at first, it was going to end up being about 1,000 fans, which would have ended up being about, like, 20% capacity of what Mark Light can hold, basically, because Mark Light can hold about 5,000. Right now, in essence, it's on hold. Nothing official has come out, okay? I'm hoping that that ends up changing, basically. I pray it does. Let's, let's well, just I'll, park in the, let's park in the right. parking just garage. Cop, just park <laughs> in the garage. Watch from the fence, bro. That's you know? right. So, well, <laughs> well, well as, as Derek might know, the Metro Rail boys, okay, which – Oh, yeah. You know, oh, thank you very much. Good. We're we talking about prob – we're probably talking about doing a tailgate from across the stadium, basically, when FSU comes and visit, basically. 
Yeah, that'd be fun. Okay, so, yeah, we'll talk about that. So, so, so what's your guys' go-to flavors? I I know that there's there's dozens of flavors that you can choose from, but like knee-jerk decision. Tell me what you are you getting in your Mark Light milkshake? Chocolate fudge and vanilla. The J Rope. That's. I mean, look one 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 stand one one landmark basically when it comes down to going to a UN baseball game is to hear the call being done by Jay Rokich. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a national treasure for us, big time. Yep. You know, so that his his chocolate shake like goes fast. I mean, look, correct. Those shakes are like, put it this way: you're renewing your season tickets to Diabetes Are Us, but it's worth <laughs> it. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the consistency? Because I I just recently learned that hey. out here in Utah, we uh, you know, I guess. Are milkshakes out here pretty much ice cream? You have to eat them with a spoon. But but are these the type that you can drink through a straw or are you eating them with a spoon? Combination, truth be Correct. told. Yeah. Combination. But, oh, God, it's worth it. Jesus. I mean, look, for big games, a good example, yeah. the UF games, the FSU, look, the line will stretch from, like, 50 to 75. That's you why know? you get there early. That's the first thing you do. Don't even go to your seats. Yeah. Go get a milkshake and then go to your seats. So any of my any of my guests that I invite, I'm like, guys, hit the line. What do you mean hit the line? Hit the shake line. I don't give a damn what the it. hell you damn well do. Hit the <laughs> shake line first before you even find the sun. That's it. Love it. Well, we have to hit the we have to hit the shake line right now. I know we're up against the break, Jay Man. I know you're you're, you're throwing throwing me numbers and, and, and throwing me uh, curveball signals back there behind the glass, I telling know, me it's man. time to wrap up for break. So <laughs> Jay Man, take us a break and uh, we'll catch you guys on a flip. So we got Victor Calero as a guest. It's been a great interview so far. Uh, unfortunately, we got to head to break. As always, we're on Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145. We'll catch you in a few moments. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Yay! Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Yay! Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two on Manuel Apollo, too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on two on Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tongo Vailoa. See? That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Been a great, great show so far here on Friday morning. Um, and we even got a special guest that just popped onto the show. Uh, we'd like to welcome none other than number 24. And again, I said number 24, not 25. Mr. Travis Homer, University of Miami now, current NFL running back, Seattle Seahawks. Travis, man, what's good, brother? What's going on, man? I appreciate y'all allowing me to come up on the show. Oh, yeah, no man. doubt, man. Definitely, uh, definitely a blessing to to have you on the show. And you know, it's uh, it's been about maybe about five years since I first met you. You know, I met you uh, at the FAU game. You yeah. were still a senior in high school. Um, you and your mom were there. I believe your brother Tevin was still playing was playing for FAU at the yeah. time. You know, so I kind of met you up in Boca. And if you remember, I used to wear that stupid Transformer costume, and uh, that I don't like to bring up anymore. But yeah, you know, I used to wear that Transformer <laughs> costume, and. Uh, so yeah, it's it's definitely in retirement. Um, maybe my kids will get to wear that one day, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm keeping that like kind of in the in the closet, not coming out oh, anymore. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so so Travis, let's talk about your time at the University of Miami. Obviously, you know you were a huge recruit. Um, you know that was committed to Miami. You had some some other offers, some big offers, Alabama, Auburn. You know the big schools in the state. Um, what made you choose Miami over some of the other schools? I mean, what's really crazy is that I started off by thinking I'm not going to go to Miami. I don't know why. Like, I had no reason behind it. But, <laughs> you know, so it's actually funny is um, when I went out to the FSU camp and – or not the camp, whatever recruiting visit they had. They were like, they told me, look, um, we're ready to accept you whenever you want to come. I'm like, okay, bet. Call them up. I'm like – Hey, I'm ready to I'm ready to commit. They tell me they're not taking recruits at the time. So I was like, Wow. I said, I said, all right. Wow. So Miami hit me up, brought me down for a visit. And I just I really just fell in love down there. So, you know, they had a great team, great history. Uh just they they had everything I wanted. So that's how that happened. And I'm glad it did. Well, you know, obviously committing to Miami and then your freshman year. You know, one thing that stood out with for me was just like you were a beast on special teams. It seemed like you wanted to play wherever you needed to play just to get on the field, right? Like I remember just – Yeah, your tenacity on special teams. You know, even going back to the Russell Athletic Bowl, you know, um, just like you just running downfield, like you just – you were all out. Like you were just 120% you were all in almost on every play. If anybody goes back and watches your highlights, like – just the work ethic that you put in on a daily basis and on an every play basis, I wish would resonate to some of the younger guys that actually are still playing at the University of Miami, you know, to see the type of, you know, attitude and the type of, you know, drive that a player should have. So, again, thank you for that because it really made us feel good watching someone with your caliber just running downfield and knocking heads. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, one thing that 
these kids got to like learn from a young age is that, you know, you got to give it all for the team. And fortunately for me, I just love to play in special teams. I like, I like that I'm able to just run down and go hit something. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, the sooner, the sooner everyone figures out that special teams is a crucial part in your future and playing football, then, you know, the better it will be for everyone. But yeah. So Travis, I, I want to talk a little bit about the 2017 <laughs> season. Um, I, I loved watching you that year, man. I actually, I, I always referred to you as the Sandman because there was at least three different games where you had like a breakaway walk-off touchdown to, you know, extend a lead, ice the game, right? If, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Toledo, Syracuse, and Virginia where, you know, game was tight towards the end and then you break right. away with just a few minutes left and, and tie up the game. Um, I mean, tell us what that season was like, man. Cause, I mean, obviously – we started with Mark Walton, you know, getting the lion's share of the carries. And then by the end of the year, man, it just felt like your team. I mean, it was definitely a great season. You know, we put ourselves in a great position. Uh, you know, it didn't end up how we wanted it to with the Pittsburgh game. And then going on playing in the ACC championship. So that went out and then uh, losing to Wisconsin in the bowl game, you know, that really, that really hurt. But yeah. I mean, overall, I think we had a great season. It's just something that we could have built off of. But uh, I just wish we had another chance. I know that <laughs> I know we, we would have done right. Yeah. You know, one thing that resonates with me in the 2017 season is, like, the FSU game up in Duke, right? Obviously, Mark Walton got injured. And then that last drive, right? Obviously, we, we've been on a losing streak, you know, against FSU for, you know, a couple of years now. And just the, the coach's faith in you, because, again, you had two huge runs on that last drive. And I never thought that we were going to run the ball. I mean, we were, you know, under a minute. <laughs> next <Yeah>. thing you know, <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, we're calling like a draw. Because, obviously, I don't think FSU was expecting us to kind of, you know, run those plays as well. Yeah. What, did it, like, what was in your mind when, you were, when the play call was, you know, called and they were going to run the ball? And then, obviously, you had a couple break tackles, like, but you got out of bounds. Like, you really, as a sophomore, had that wherewithal to know what to do on that final drive. I mean, you know, it's just something I've been doing since I was a little kid playing football. So, you know, I got the smarts and sometimes the smarts goes away just when you're in the heat of the moment. But luckily it stuck with me then. But, um, yeah, no, it's just something that I grew up doing. So I was ready for one of And so, again, we beat FSU. And I want to talk about another, another moment about FSU, but this is the 2018 season when yeah. you literally just trucked, you know, Westbrook. Like, I love it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. Again, so the special teams, you know, running out field and hitting people, but being able just to run through the hole, lower that shoulder, and just blow Buddy up. How did that make you feel? I mean, well, he was in the way. I had to get him out of the way. So. <laughs> 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 I just had to do my job. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, anytime that was pretty cool. Anytime I think of you in Miami, Chav, that's, that's the play I always remember, man, is just seeing you just bulldoze that guy, man. I mean, yeah. oh, such a great, such a great highlight, man. It would, have been, it would have been great if I was able to score at the end of that. But, you know, <laughs> ah, they got me. But it's all right. Seeing you know, the picture another, is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it definitely that is. Picture, yeah. 
Another thing that's good about you too is, you know, just your ability to come out of the backfield and catch the ball. Soft hands, um, again, and I think that makes someone like your, like the caliber of your, like your playing playing ability, it makes you more valuable when you come out of the backfield when you, you know, you can catch. Um, is that something you worked on throughout high school or, you know, maybe when you got into college, you know, what made you want to become so diverse and being able to catch the ball out of the backfield? Cause there are running backs that can't catch the ball coming out of yeah. the backfield. Um, what's actually funny is just middle school, uh, early high school, like freshman beginning sophomore year. I didn't, I wasn't really comfortable with catching the ball like at all. I didn't like it, but, uh, my coach, coach social, he just caught a whole bunch of <laughs> passes and they came to me, and I, I guess that really just conditioned me for then going into college. And I don't know, I, I got much better at it, felt more comfortable. And now it's, I'm like, yo, yo, I'm open. Get it to me, get it to me. I'm trying to go. <laughs> so, Travis, I, I want to ask you what it was like playing for Coach Mark Richt. Um, you know, in the last 20 years, he's one of the, you know, one of the premier <clears throat> coaches of the last generation. Um, so, I mean, share with us some wisdom or, you know, just, I guess, tell us about the experience of playing for a guy like Mark Rick. Uh, it was great. You know, um, he definitely made the practices fun. I mean, there's some days, you know, we just had to get through the practice, but most of, most of the time it was pretty fun. You know, we had, we had a, we had a tight group of people who loved to be there. And, you know, I just thank Mark Rick for giving me the opportunity to come to Miami and just do what I had to do. You know, you know, Travis, after the 2018 year, you know, your, your junior year, um, you decided to, you know, kind of leave early and declare for the draft. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what the decision, you know, decision was and why you decided to declare early? Uh, I felt like I was in a position where I had the opportunity to go to the NFL. This is something I've been dreaming for for my whole life. Um, I'm not, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I was – gonna play scared the next year but I did I just didn't want to take that risk of getting hurt you know having a setback or anything like that yeah. so I felt like I was I put myself in a good enough position to be able to get drafted you know uh, maybe if I had a a good year the next year I would have went earlier in the draft but I mean I'm, I'm happy with the decision I made and now I got DJ with me so yeah <laughs> that's pretty you fun and sometimes I think that's beneficial and, and people, you know, maybe they get drafted later on instead of being up early, you know, um, you know, you get to go to a good situation, Seattle with the coaching, um, with the players, the leadership, like it's really a, a, a good situation for you out there. You know, coach Carroll's, you know, big special teams guy as well. Obviously yeah. I think he saw that a lot in you. Um, again, you got Damian Lewis out there, former Kane, you got coach Hurd out there, former Kane, you know, yeah, you Greg Olson out there. I mean, like, bro, it's like the list goes on and on. And like you said, you know, what's it like be sharing the backfield with someone like DJ? And then all of a sudden DJ decides to leave and DJ gets, you know, to come out there and join you in Seattle. Um, obviously, the brotherhood at UM is like none other. And we we talk about that with past guests. I mean, people just don't understand about that brotherhood. But being able to have someone like DJ um, being out there in Seattle, how has that helped you and how has that pushed you? to, you know, continue, you know, with your journey in the NFL? Uh, well, you know, I loved all the running backs that were there with me at Seattle. We And, you know, we all had a tight relationships. We were close to each other, but having DJ out there and just knowing what he was thinking every time we were on the field is just, di is just a different mentality when I see him working on the field and 
that really just helps me because I know he's thinking exactly what I'm thinking. And we're just going to compete with each other and get the best that we can get. So, Trav, how did yeah, how did it feel to score a touchdown again at Hard Rock this uh, this past season, man? That when you caught one. I mean, I, I wish, <laughs> I wish I wasn't feeling sick for the whole game, so yeah. I was actually about to throw up <laughs> before oh, no. the play happened. Yeah, so I was messed up like that whole drive, <laughs> even coming out after halftime. But you know, I mean, after the game, when I was able to actually like relax and see what was going on and <laughs> recoup. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, I really just – I really just got my first touchdown in the NFL in my stadium in, nice. in, in Miami. We, we went nuts when it happened, man. Yeah, we went nuts. But oh, yeah. did you get to keep the ball? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's in, uh, it's in my watching <laughs> apartment right now. Right there next to the TV. So, Travis, um, to end the 2019 season, you know, you got your first start week 17 against the San Francisco 49ers. Um but then, you know, like Marshawn Lynch came out of retirement to help out with depth chart issues. And, and yeah. I mean, what was it like, you know, I guess getting your time to shine and then also learning from, I mean, Marshawn's a legend, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, splitting carries with him in the playoff game the next few weeks. And, like, tell us about that experience. I mean, it was great. Like, I'm among the very few many that, that get to say they played with Marshawn Lynch. And that man is a character. I love that man. He's so funny, but just like besides besides him being funny and all that, but just having locker room talk with him, you know, I learned a lot in a very short time. Yeah, you know, I appreciate him coming to Seattle and just taking me in under his wing, and then let me learn from him. You know, that's beast mode. I mean, there's no other way to describe him. Yeah. It's just- it's beast mode and sometimes you never know what you're going to get from him but you know exactly. i still remember the uh the interview with dion like just about that action boss you know what i mean it's like <laughs> I, I, always, I always think back to him at cal with the cart when he took the yeah. uh, when he took the cart yeah. on the field and he's driving it all over man i was tracking yeah. i i have a yearly tradition that you know on on facebook every year people post like these long thanksgiving things I just post a screenshot of him, you know, in the ski mask saying, I'm thankful. Like, that's, that's, I do that every year. I love it. <laughs> so, Trav, a couple more questions. I mean, we're, we're you know, we're, we don't want to keep you too long. And, we, again, we appreciate you being here on, on the Kang Gang Show. Um, what was one of your favorite memories, before we get into rapid fire, just a favorite memory at UM? Favorite memory at UM? Mm. I think – the biggest memory I have is just waking up every morning from the mat drills. That was something different. Uh, I know it's not, wow. it's not so positive, but that's the biggest thing that sticks in my mind. Wow. Yeah. And I remember then, when uh, coach Rick started with mat drills, you know, over the wellness yeah. center. <laughs> that, those were pressure, but you know, after that, we'd all be in a locker room and then, you know, everyone would be in high spirits. I think that's probably one of my favorite things. Just that brotherhood after we just went through something super tough, being able to come back, be happy about it. That's awesome. That is definitely awesome. Yeah. Well, you ready to get hit with some uh, – again, we like to do this here for all our guests here on the Kang Gang Show. Um, definitely just, we just want to ask you some rapid-fire questions. You know, again, you, if you have no comment, you have no comment. It's Again, they're going to be simple. We have had some people get stumped on some of them, and we, we understand. Me. <laughs> no, bro, it. All right, so here we go. Number 24 or 25? 24. 
Okay, so good. So, Bird, we were right on that one, all right? Nice, nice. All right. First touchdown is a Kane or a Seahawk? Kane, just because I was, I was a little messed up as a Seahawk. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn or candy? Candy. Nightlife, Seattle or Miami? Miami. <laughs> no question on that one. <laughs> Steak or ribs? Steak. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. What are we talking about? <laughs> Listen, just asking. T-shirt or hoodie? Hoodie. Your mom or your brothers? My mom. Oh, I told you guys you were going to say mom. You did say that. I, 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 I couldn't come out my brothers, could I? <laughs> you know you know so anyway let's let's let me ask you real quick i know we're kind of getting getting close to break but how's your mom doing how your brother's doing how, how's the how's the family everyone's doing well my mom actually just bought a house up in port st Lucie, so we're all excited about that home um, of the dirty bird man yeah <laughs> my brothers are both doing well my uh, oldest brother he's actually on a trip out in uh, puerto rico right now i know he's having fun out there and uh, my other brother he's about to go to cancun so they're just living life to the fullest. I love it, man. My, and my dad, he, you know, my dad, he just had the crib. He's just had a knee surgery not too long ago, okay. a whole re, a knee replacement. But wow, he's he's doing well. He's doing well. He's walking around. He's doing good. Um, he's about to go. He's about to get some new floors in his house. I'm gonna help him pay for it a little bit. There you go. All right, I know he's happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last question I have for you: Are you gonna come back and see us here at, at the Rock, man? You know, maybe try to sneak through Kane Walk one more time, cause you know, look, that's my spot, bro. Like, you know, and I'm your mom is always close up with us, man. You know, mom, your mom. I always had a spot for your mom, so you know, it's one of those things. If you come back, you gotta roll through Kane Walk and, and, oh, and hit it up. I'm on it, yeah. <laughs> Well, good, man. Travis, we appreciate you being on the show today, man. We hope you uh, much success in, in your NFL journey and as you continue to go through Seattle. And who knows, man, maybe you end up a Dolphin at some point. We can come, you know, watch you back at the Rock, man. So we appreciate you coming Never on. Know. Appreciate y'all for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Travis. No doubt, man. Yep. Thank you so much, man. So uh, you guys are listening to Kane Gang Radio Show. We just had an amazing interview with, with uh, former Miami Hurricane, current Seattle Seahawk, Travis Homer. Uh, as always, we're on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll catch you in a few moments. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Just the two of us. 
Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back to the final segment of Kane Gang Radio on this beautiful Friday morning. And we've had a, a pretty good show. I, I feel bad that I missed out on the, the Jarrett Payton interview, but it sounds like you guys held it down pretty good. That was incredible. And then, Dude, you know, talking some UM Hall of Fame and then uh, Travis Homer, man. It's a pretty good week. Jay, man, I don't want this episode to end, man. I know, man. But, I mean, it's, it's been incredible, man. Some of these guests that we've had on, man. I mean, it's, yeah. been, it's been amazing. Well, you know what time it is, Bird? It's, uh, okay. it's about time we talk some NBA right now. So, Phil had to well, step out for a sec. NBA? You mean, you mean you're going to talk about the Utah Jazz? Of course I'm going to talk about the Utah Jazz. They're incredible, man. This is I the best so. sports year I've had. I mean, you got to think about it, man. I cheer for the Jazz, I cheer for the Bills, and I cheer for the Canes. Like, it's been a rough two decades, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, In a season where everybody keeps coming up short, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what? Like, it feels good, right? At least my teams are good. They're competitive. Sure. They're doing stuff. They're making some moves, and the future looks bright for all of them. So, yeah. But I mean, Jazz are best in the league right now, 20 and five. Wow. Although, I will say, though, um, you know, I've said it at multiple different spots. I think the Jazz are a top three team in the NBA, but the Lakers are looming large. They are so good. You know what? And I just, I can't stand, you know, you either love them or you can't yeah. stand them, right? There's really no in between on the yeah. Lakers, man. And look, I just hope y'all, uh, I hope y'all take them out, man. <laughs> well, dude, yeah. to show you like the Lakers are, they're just an unstoppable force. So the, the Jazz are 15 and 16 in their last 16 games. You know, they, they 15 wins. And we still only have a one game lead on the Lakers. It's crazy. It, dude, it's crazy to me. It pisses me off. Because, like, how many runs like that are the Jazz or other teams going to do in a season? You can't even build a lead on them. Yeah. It's all about positioning yourself for the playoffs, though, right? Yeah. So, you guys right now, I think, match up well because, you know, Gobert can can defend A.B. in the paint, yeah. um, you know, and, you know. Yeah. Mitchell is, you know, you got, you got playoff Donovan over there who, yep. you know, <laughs> I mean – yeah, that, 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 that series versus Denver where him and Jamal Murray were going off last year in the bubble yeah. was just it was amazing to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, man. And, and you know, I, I feel good about the team. So we're, we're first in three-pointers attempted. Um, we're first in three-pointers made. We're first in rebounding. We are third in offense and fifth in defense right now. Well, if, you first, if you ain't first, you're last. So Yeah, so <laughs> – I mean, I, I agree with you. And, and one of the more underrated signings, I brought this up in the offseason, was uh, to bring back Derek Favors. Um, you know, mm-hmm. where we really got killed against Denver last year in the playoffs was, was when Gobert would go to the bench. Um, 
you know, if you just look at plus minus numbers, the Jazz were getting killed when Gobert was not on the floor. Yeah. And it's because we were playing uh, – Tony Bradley is his name. I don't think he's active on a roster this year, but he was playing 15 minutes a game in the playoffs for us last season. So yeah. switching that to Derek Favors is great. And also um, – Clarkson. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson's been good. Um, but, but kind of the Lakers' bread and butter last year was pairing Anthony Davis with another big – uh, because mm-hmm. nobody could stop it, right? You have a seven-foot Anthony Davis, and you know now they'll have Marc Gasol next to him. It's hard to have two big bodies that are capable defenders. But, Man, they made Javel. Uh, they made Javel McGee look good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know the Jazz are they they have a lineup to counter that now with Favors and Gobert playing next to each other. They have a long track record of actually starting next to each other. Um, they did that for three years and were actually fairly successful. So the Jazz can counter that big lineup that the Lakers have. So we've we, we've you know we've gone through your Jazz, right? So let's yeah. let's talk about something a little more painful to both myself and Co here. <laughs> yeah, and the Miami gang Heat. gang. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the Miami Heat and the fact that you know we uh, you know we caught lightning in a bottle last yep. year. Uh, you know we were awesome. We didn't really lose too many. You know too much. I mean, of course we didn't resign. Uh, you know, Jay Crowder and uh, DJJ yeah. went out. But, you know, I, I think when I looked at it, I was like, man, we, we kind of upgraded the roster, right? You know, I think we were yeah. better than we were last year. And for some reason, man, they have just been – they have been off, even though Bam yeah. is playing at a yeah. superstar level. Um, you know, of course, yeah, and Jimmy was out, right? Yeah. But now he's back. And, you know, they're playing a lot yeah. better since he's been back. But yeah. what the heck's going on with the Heat, man? So, I mean, this is an outsider perspective, you know. Um, is that I actually, I actually thought letting Jay Crowder walk was a mistake. Um, yeah. you know, so one of the things I was saying was that I actually thought the Heat roster was worse this year. Um, just, I mean, and that's not counting development, right? Because I know you expect Hero and Robinson and, and um, you know, Bam to take steps, and, and Bam certainly did. Um, but I thought just from a personnel standpoint, I thought Avery Bradley replacing Jay Crowder was a negative, in my opinion. I, I would much rather have Jay just because of the versatility. He can play three or four positions on offense. He can play three or four positions on defense. Um, you know, just the flexibility that he brings to the table with a good coach like Eric Spolstra is just massive for you guys. And so I agree with what you're saying, though. You know, catching lightning in a bottle. Um, I went against the narrative that the Heat were like a fluke last year. I mean, I thought they were clearly the second best team in the NBA by the end of the year. So, yeah. I mean, that's not a fluke, right? Like, they clearly were the second best team. But it's hard when you're, when you're playing so red hot and everything is going so perfectly. It's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the phrase lightning in a bottle. It's hard yeah. to bring that into the next season. Yeah, and they, look, they learned how to play bubble ball, right? They learned how yeah. to play in the bubble. They learned how to win in there. You know, and I think this is, this is a little different now that we're going back from arena to arena and, you know, we're back on the travel schedule and everything. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and, man, it's just uh, – And, you know, down the stretch – Yeah, down the stretch, Goran Dragic was, you know, indispensable to the Miami Heat and then the success that they had. But, I mean, you have to remember, man, he's in his 30s now. He tore his – was it his plantar fascia that, is, that he tore? Yeah. Like, you know, at his age, man, like professional athletes don't recover from that stuff as well as they did in early in their careers. So, yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been rough. But here's the thing, man. I'm going to tell you what 
if they can get into the playoffs, you know, I think that, you know, there's enough veteran guys on that team, you know, and if they can walk in there healthy, if get to the playoffs yeah. and walk in there relatively healthy, they could be a disruptor. I'm not saying they're going back to the finals, but they can, they yeah. can, they can make it tough on one, two, maybe three yes. teams to, you know, to get through it. I so. certainly agree with you. And I have no skin in the game. You know, I'm an, yeah. I'm an outsider. I, I like the heat. I I'm not a heat fan, but I like them. They have a lot of players I like. So say that there is a 1-8 matchup, Philadelphia 76ers versus Miami Heat. Not saying I would pick the Heat, but I think it would be a very sexy pick. Oh, yeah. Very tempting pick for sure. anyone that watches right. basketball for all the reasons you brought up. Like, the Heat are not going to be an easy out in the playoffs. Yeah. So let, can I switch gears on you for a minute? Let's there's something it. I want to get in before we, before we close out the show. Okay. Oh, Tom Brady earlier this week at the boat parade for uh, <laughs> for the Super Bowl champion, yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks. Did, did you see the clip where he yeah. literally chucked the Lombardi trophy from boat to boat? Yeah, and then he had to be helped to his car after. Oh my gosh, he was weekend at Bernie's on the, on the, on the way walking out, <laughs> yeah. of the, uh, walking out of there. Dude, good and for I, him, man. Like, I'm not a Brady fan. I'm, I'm not a big Brady guy. But, like, it – it's mind-boggling to think of the success that he's having in his career or that he has had, right? It, it sucks because I don't like Brady. I mean, the dude himself has won more Super Bowls than any other franchise in NFL history. Yeah. He's, uh, he's what is it? He's the, uh, the West Mantooth, the Ron Burgundy. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't like you, but I sure do respect you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like... I hate it, dude. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, good for him, right? I think uh, it – if you're Brady, it probably feels nice to have that that uh, monkey off your back in terms of you know is it him or Belichick who's who's more important to the success? Oh, it's like, Tom. <laughs> I think it's clearly it's looking yeah. that way. You know, I mean, dude, he you know he resurrected AB's career too, which I think yeah. any of us would have looked at that and said, oh, you know yeah. that guy's dead in the water, man. But yep. you know, clearly now he's uh you know he got AB a ring. Yeah, and and <laughs> I'm you know like, like, wait, what? If you look at New England, I mean, Cam Newton has certainly seen better days, right? I mean, a lot of people criticized him getting cut from the Carolina Panthers. In my opinion, I thought that, that was the right move. I mean, he just didn't look good at all last season um, or his last season in Carolina. Um, so I thought it was the right move. I didn't think that it was, you know, weird at all. And uh, But a guy that's a former MVP – if it was really as much Belichick as I'm sure he wants you to think, he would have to get a little bit more out of a former MVP, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. You know, the whole thing is just is is just wild to me, though. Like the fact that this guy's been to you know ten Super Bowls, won seven of them, right? Yeah. I mean, like, dude, and you know the the ones that he lost too, like. I think which ones did he lose? He lost to Philly, right? Yeah. And then, and then he also Eli Manning. Yeah, and then two to Eli Manning, and that one to Eli Manning, like they <laughs> should have had that game. I mean, that yeah. took a miracle. To that's win. honestly that's one of my favorite stats in NFL history. Is that Eli Manning is two and zero in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady? <laughs> Eight to that, and New England was eighteen and one giant loss that year. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible, man. I mean, it really that was, is. I mean, obviously, Rafael Nadal ended up with a, a, an amazing career in his own right. But that kind of is like the Federer-Nadal thing that was going on early in his career where 
for whatever reason, Federer could just not beat him, right? Yeah, yeah. And and then, uh, I mean, obviously, you can't really compare Eli to Nadal because Eli is he's he's largely forgettable in the grand scheme of of all things NFL, right? Um, but I don't know, man. It, it's that's just one of those weird things that we'll look back on and be like, really, Brady lost twice to Eli Manning, right? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's crazy, but just, you know, it, it, it was cool. Cause it's like, you know, now it's like with Brady, he's kind of came full circle to the point where like, even if you didn't like the guy, like you kind of, kind of look at that and, and, and gang, smile gang. At him. <laughs> what is he doing, man? He just pops uh, back in. Gang gang. <laughs> oh man. Hey, maybe, maybe Co had something to drink with his lunch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What's in those $5 footlongs you're eating, Co? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now he's trying to talk on mute. Yep. <laughs> we got we to gotta get some tech support over there. Maybe, 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 he's, been hanging, maybe he's been hanging out with Brady. Sorry, I had to pull a Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, How are we doing on time, Jay, man? Oh, dude, we got about four minutes, man. So we're, we're, we're doing good. Um, let's see. Is there anything else we need to wrap up? I guess we haven't even talked about the Super Bowl yet. I mean, you know, did that game surprise you at all? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I was picking Kansas City to win 35-28, right? Like, that was my prediction. And I said, you know what, there's there's Pat Mahomes. There's no way that he's not going to, you know, not going to get in there. And, um, you know, I think it just comes down to, you know, Todd Bowles called an amazing defensive game, right? Like, I think that's that's what it plain and simple comes down to. I mean, you shut Mahomes down, and I mean, you got to have all the credit in the world for that, right? Absolutely. And you know, it, I was pretty shocked because I was I went into that game thinking the Chiefs were just the best team in the NFL. I felt like they were pretty much the whole season. Um, yeah. You know, as a Buffalo fan, I didn't I didn't pick the Bills over the Chiefs. I mean. You know, I, I know that we have a different approach in how we in how we do those things, but um, you know, like I, I I try to be realistic with my predictions for whatever reason. I know they don't mean anything, right? But uh, <laughs> like I, I just try to be honest with myself, right? Because I take these losses so hard. Yeah, so, you know, Twitter going to get on you about your predictions all the time, man. You know, dude, I swear, <laughs> like I only have like twenty five hundred followers, but there are people that I feel like it is their daily mission to like get me on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, why I always me? crack up, why I always crack me, up when I see it, when I see your name pop up on there, but you know, you, you know why too is because, you know, from the other show with Marsh, you yeah. know, Marsh yeah. is the king of the, of the, you know, the, the shock take, right. Yeah. You know, I, I still remember I got so mad at him this last season in the, in the Miami Virginia tech game. Cause he's like, I'm picking us to lose. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like, I could see, like, going into the Clemson game, like, yeah. I can understand you, you know, look, yeah. I'm going to be a realist as much as I can. I'm going to pick us to lose. But I'm like, yeah. Virginia Tech? And then we almost lost that game. And I was like, and, and like, as soon as we won, I was yeah. just like, I, I just went right at him. I'm yeah. like, yeah, see, Marsh? See? Yeah. See? You know, I actually, I picked that game perfectly. I went a little bit more optimistic than Marsh. I said, this is going to be. 117. Yeah, I, I said, this will be a game that makes all of our hair fall out. We will all be furious after, but I think we just squeak by just a little bit. Oh, and, uh, we did. Yeah. So, Cardiac I mean, games last I year. I definitely had us on upset alert for that Virginia Tech game, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a rough one, man. Yeah. Uh, I think Never. 
that's the main thing that we need to work on next season, in my opinion, though, is we have to be able to beat 500 teams convincingly. Sure. I mean, well, we did it this year. We had teams we lost to. We, like, we lost to a North Carolina team that went to the Orange Bowl. Yeah. We lost to, you know, Oklahoma State, who a lot of people yeah. were picking uh, as a playoff team, and we lost to Clemson. We took care of the rest of the business on our but, schedule. I mean, my point, though, is that, like, we shouldn't need, we shouldn't need 59 minutes and 30 seconds to, to close these average teams out or below yeah. average teams out. But remember, we're always gonna, you know, we're always gonna get those average teams' best shot, man. You yeah, know? <laughs> and that's fair. I, I just, I just think that's like the next step for Manny Diaz, right? Sure, it's, sure. It's, it's hard for me to walk around with my my chest puffed out, being like, "Yeah, we're a top ten team," and it's like, "Well, we just beat Pittsburgh's backup freshman quarterback by, you know, like half a cheese sandwich, barely." You know. So you see all. You did not just say half a cheese, <laughs> a half yeah. a cheese sandwich. I did. <laughs> Uh, that's how close it was, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but anyways, we're uh, – any last points, Bird? Because we, we got to wrap up here in about 30 seconds, so. No, just, you know, look, appreciate it as, as we're growing uh, – as we're growing this show out. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had the uh, – I should have – I can't wait to take the Jared Payton soundbite of him. Uh, yeah. of him. Hey, Bird! <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get that. That's gonna that's gonna be uh, incorporated into the show here. But you, you know, man. look, just yeah, exactly. You know, lots of good stuff coming. You know, I mean, we're all, we're all working really hard in the background yeah. uh, on some stuff for the show. You know, we're gonna be doing some new stuff with the production of the show, and you know, kind of enhancing uh, enhancing what we do there. Uh, we're gonna be launching merch here soon as well. Uh, we got you know merch coming up. Uh, we got a website which you're gonna be able to access. You know, all past episodes and you know be able to listen to all the great interviews. I mean, look at the interviews that we've done on this show so far. I mean, yeah. Santana Moss, Uncle Luke, you know, uh, Jarrett Payton today. Uh, you know, we also, you know, just had, um, you know, when we've had our little on, we've had, you know, so many amazing guests, Travis Homer, yep. you know, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep growing this thing out and uh, can't wait to do it, man. Yeah. Gang, gang. Perfect, man. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been an amazing two hours. Um, as always, we love you guys. We'll, we'll catch you next Friday, but, uh, yeah, so full of crap. We do not love you. <laughs> that is so not the right word to I, say. I love, I love everybody that doesn't come after me on Twitter. <laughs> you hippie. Uh, y'all be good. Enjoy. Right. Have a good weekend. Yep. See you guys later. See you next week. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.